Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 11, and then Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And today is Pentecost Sunday, and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's important that, that we understand how valuable it is for us to celebrate what is known as Pentecost Sunday, and it's, and it's more than just a celebration of a, a day, it's a, it's a celebration of the person, the third person of the Trinity, that it is, you know, the, 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 the scripture tells us about how that the Spirit has come, the Holy Spirit has come, and, and Jesus says he does not speak of himself, he speaks of, of me, and that he's come to reveal to us the word of God and reveal to us the will of God and the purpose of God. So we don't have a celebration of, as it were, or worshiping of the Holy Spirit because the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is to draw attention to Jesus Christ, is to focus on Jesus Christ. You know, the, the Holy Spirit is equal with the Father and Son, but yet his will is submissive to the others. And, and we find this type of, of, of dedication or this type of personality within the church when Jesus said that he that is greatest among you, let him be the servant of all. That we find our place in service, not necessarily ruling, but in serving. And sometimes our place of service has position, you know, the, the President of the United States, his, he is the position of serving the people. We have elected officials that are to be serving the will of the people. And so that, and we're not, we're not going to go there with the elected officials, but we want to make sure that in our understanding of Scripture and understanding that the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, has come to be with us to help us understand who, who God is and to help us understand the word of God, help us understand our, this revelation of Jesus Christ. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 11. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set of his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky, and as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go. Then we go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So this, was, this event was the ascension of Christ, and it happened 50 days after Easter, after the resurrection. And then we have Pentecost, which happens, um, excuse me, 40 days Ascension was 40 days, and then the, and, and the uh, coming of the Holy Spirit, or the, the, the Pentecost, was 50 days after, after Easter. So when the day of Pentecost, 50 days from the resurrection, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. 
All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So the coming of the Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit issued in what is called the church age. And it is the coming in which the, the, the Spirit of God has come to abide with his people, with us. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, as it were, would come with visitations upon prophets and upon uh, men who would speak for God. And, and then, as it were, the, the, the Spirit would, as it, would leave and, and come back again for visitations. But on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to abide with his church, abide with the body of believers, to abide with those who would believe in Christ. Now, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is referred to as another comforter. When Jesus said that he would send another comforter, he was saying that he would send another just like himself. It is exactly that same, exact. The Holy Spirit is exact, as it were, of Jesus. Now, sometimes um, if um, someone were to give me a, a Bible exactly like the one I have, uh, you would say, well, you go out and buy a new one, and it would be exactly, no, it doesn't have my notes in it. It doesn't have my scribbles in it. It doesn't have all my notations in it. So if it were going to be exactly like the one I have, it would have to have all of the notations and all the marks and all the things that are already here. Then it would be exactly like the one that I have. Well, when the Holy Spirit came, it is, he is exactly, we lose nothing Sometimes um, wonder what would it be like to have Jesus walking with us? What would it be like to have a conversation with Jesus? Well, the Holy Spirit is exactly, he has come to be with us. And as we read the word of God, as we read the scripture, the Holy Spirit reveals that word to us. Jesus is the word made flesh and dwelt among us. The Holy Spirit has come to make that real, make him real in our lives. Um, no other religion has anything like the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's no other faith, no other religion has anything like the person of the Spirit. And we find that the power of the Spirit is not limited to, as it were, physical strength. The, the, you know, the strength that we would say is beyond human limits. It is a strength involved in courage. It is strength involved in boldness, in confidence, in insight, in ability, in authority. It is this <coughs> excuse me, coming of the Spirit to empower us in all ways in our life. The disciples would need all the gifts to fulfill their mission. They would need all that the Spirit had to help them to take on the task of converting the world. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. To change the world for Jesus. You know, sometimes I, I think that we look at our world and we say, wow. There's a lot of sin in the world and there's a lot of people separated from God and there's a lot of people who are against God. Can you imagine the early church? There was no Christians but them <laughs> in Jerusalem. They were the only ones. They were the only believers. It was a new beginning, a new age, the church age. And it, was a bega it began by the, res the, the coming of Christ, the, res the, de the death of Jesus Christ, his resurrection and ascension. 
And then came the power of the Spirit, the coming of the Spirit, and their commission was to go into the world and preach the gospel. And they were the beginning of the church. And it was the beginning, as it were, of the power of the Spirit moving upon the lives of the early disciples. We cannot be a Christian without Christ. And you cannot know Christ without the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is the one who reveals Christ to us. He is the Spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the Spirit has come to reveal Jesus Christ to us, to reveal the character of Christ, to reveal the power and the purpose of Jesus Christ. Um, in our Sunday school lesson this morning, uh, we had a willing person come forward <laughs> and, uh, and, we, and, we, and we asked, well, what are the characteristics of this person? And you see, there's a difference between the person and the characteristics of a person and the job that the person does. Now, um, I am a preacher, I am a counselor, I am a pastor, a husband, a father, a grandfather, um, but is that all that, is that me? Or is that just things that I, that, you know, that I do? You know, I like to mow my grass. <laughs> is that just, you know, what makes me? You know, to some, to some individuals, well, he's a public speaker. To some individuals, no, he's a counselor. To some individuals, no, he's pastor. Uh, to some individuals, I'm a teacher. To some individuals, I should get a life. <laughs> you, know, you know, so we represent different things. And, and well, which one of these is me? You know, to Johnny, my grandson, you know, I'm Grandpa Dave. <laughs> you know, there's no one here that I'm Grandpa Dave to. <laughs> yeah, these guys here, he's Grandpa Dave. Hey, Grandpa, got a few bucks? <laughs> but the idea is that we, we become... Well, the Holy Spirit te teaches us and, and reveals to us the, the person of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit has different avenues, different functions, different... You know, we talk about the gifts, and we're going to briefly go over them this morning. There are the gifts of the Spirit that He empowers us with. There are the fruits of the Spirit that we grow with in our relationship with God. And they are all about how that they, we've come together to serve each other. And Jesus promised the disciples that they would receive power to witness after they received, after they received the Holy Spirit. Did you ever think that you couldn't do something? You know, there are just times that you, you, you get to this point, like there's a monumental task. There's a task that I just, I just can't do this. You know, one, mine recently has been going back to school and all these crazy classes and reading and studying and all this stuff. And, you know, when I started it last year, you know, it's like, there's no way I'm going to do this. Well, it's been almost a year. I've done quite well with, uh, with my classes. Uh, but between Rhonda and I, you know, in working at it, we've, she's helped me out a lot, and we've been able to accomplish a lot. And, and, but, you know, when we think about it, the Holy Spirit is there to empower us. 
you know, living a Christian life or, you know, is it where if you love me, Jesus says, keep my commandments. And we look at the commands that God has given us. We say, I can't keep all those. Well, no, you can't. But the Holy Spirit can help you. The Holy Spirit can empower you. And we find that the coming of the Spirit has changed us. It changed us internally. God created me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me, mentally, that there is a new mind, a new heart, that there is a new way of thinking that the Spirit has brought about. Physically, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is the dwelling place of God. The spiritually, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, He will quicken your mortal bodies. So there is a complete and total change in the complete package. <laughs> You're a total package. <laughs> you're, you're a complete package, and the Spirit of God touches our lives and empowers that life to do things that you never thought you could do because when God calls us to do something, He will empower us, enable us to accomplish it. So we are to be completely changed, a new creation. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit makes that transformation in our lives. Do you not know, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And he will quicken your body. He'll quicken your thinking. He'll bring back to your remembrance those things that you have faithfully studied. <laughs> I pray that constantly. <laughs> you know? God, give me wisdom and insight as to what we should say and what we should do. God is always with you. You're not alone in this. Can you imagine the disciples saying, we got to win the whole world? we got to take this message to the entire world. And we don't even have a car. We don't even have a cam tram. <laughs> the bus system. All we've got is a few camels. <laughs> for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For, they, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage, which brings fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, that... Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that you are adopted into the family of God and that you belong to Him and you don't have a spirit of fear, but you have a spirit of adoption? That we belong to a whole new family, we belong to a whole new group. <laughs> and this group is God. It's His body. We belong to the body of Christ. Romans 8, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. It isn't like we make this up as we go. The Spirit of God comes and the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are His children. Did you ever tell your kids they were adopted? <laughs> they tell each other they're adopted. You know? Never tell your kids, you know, you know, you're not mine. You know, we, your mother and I never had you. <laughs> Those are the days whenever, you know, things are not going so well. 
and, uh, and, you, and you have a new way of looking at it. You know, you're not ours. You couldn't possibly be, you know. Well, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That we are adopted into the family of God. Because he loves us, because he called us, and he has sent his spirit, and his spirit bears witness with our spirit. You know, I'm his. I belong to his family. I belong to the family of God. And he, I cry, Abba, Father. And Abba, Father is really a phrase that means Daddy, Daddy. The coming of the Holy Spirit is the coming of God to be with us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We know the gifts of the Spirit, and the, Spirit, the spiritual gifts have come as divinely imparted gifts from God to us. Now, there are different kinds of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. This is 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of services, but it's the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them together. You see, there are gifts, there are services, and there are workings. So when the Spirit of God, who comes to make himself real to us, that we are the children of God, he then tells us, well, you know what? You're not only just in the family, sit back, relax, and enjoy the trip, and wait for heaven. He says, you are in the family of God, you are part of the family of God, and I've got gifts for you, I've got services for you, and I've got workings for you. God has a purpose for our life. Gifts. Now each one of these manifestations of the gifts is given for the common good. What God gives you to do is for the, for the betterment of all who are in the family. You know, sometimes with... Um, we, did a, we, we did kind of a... I don't know if it's a bad thing, good thing. With Johnny was here, our grandson, you know. And so, <clears throat> I took him to the John Deere store. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> and Johnny went home with trucks and tractors and all this stuff. And they were waving goodbye and everything. And we're saying, what did we send Emma? <laughs> Whoops. We sent her a gift before, but, you know, Johnny's going to get home and he's got this tractor that's push and you got these little dump trucks that we got plus David cleared out all the John Deere toys that were duplicates so I mean you know he took them all home with him so he took home a whole basket full of John Deere tractors and toys and balers and whatever because somehow we had two of them you know I don't know how we had two of them but anyhow so Jonathan took home all these things and and we were there, and I was wondering I wonder what Emma's going to think whenever Johnny pulls out all of these toys that we didn't send her. So we got to send Emma package, a care package. And, uh, you know, you know, because sometimes kids will say, these are mine. You can't play with them. Grandpa Dave got them for me, not for you. <laughs> kids do that? <laughs> well, guess what? The Holy Spirit has given you gifts that's not just for you. That they are, they are for the entire body. And they are for the common good. 
So you can't, we can't say, well, I've got this gift, and you can, well, I've got that gift. Well, if we do that, we have misrepresented what God's intent was. His intent is that the gifts are given for a common good. Gifts, services, workings are for the common good. The gifts, the message of wisdom, the message of knowledge, certain facts in the mind of God, these are things that you wouldn't be able to put them together, but God drops these nuggets into your heart. The wisdom is the application of knowledge to a situation. Now, whenever we're talking about these gifts, these aren't naturally acquired gifts. These are gifts of the Spirit, divinely imparted. Now, if you can figure it out on your own, some people are very logical and some people are very mechanically inclined and all that. Whenever we're talking about these gifts, these are not, that's not what we're saying. These gifts that God gives are gifts that he divinely imparts, drops into your heart, into your mind, into your spirit, that, that takes you to and gives to you that which you wouldn't have any way of knowing on your own. The wisdom, the knowledge, faith. God gives you faith as a gift. Gifts of healing, miraculous power, working of miracles, prophecy. The ability to distinguish between spirits. What is human spirit, what is divine spirit, and what is evil. Speaking with different tongues and interpretation of tongues. You see, divinely imparted by the Holy Spirit severally as he wills. He gives those to us for a purpose of the common good. Gifts, service, the body's a unit, many parts, and through all of its parts are many the, from one body and that the body works together. And it and, and, and talks about how that if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm no longer a, a part of the body. Or the ears say, because I'm not the eye, I do not belong. You know, he uses the analogy, Paul uses the analogy to say, you've got to see the body of Christ differently than hoarding what is yours, that you are here for the entire, for the, for the rest of the body. You have a purpose, and that purpose is greater than yourself. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is part of it, and God has appointed apostles and prophets and teachers and workers of miracles and gifts of healing and gifts of helps. Those who are able to help others, administration, workings. In 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about these workings of service. So we find that God has gifts and God has service and God has fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, long-suffering, forbearance. These are fruits. And how do fruits get, how do fruits get grown? <laughs> how do fruits appear? You go, and you, you go into the orchard now, and you know, we have some apple trees just below our house. They're crab apples and other forms of apples that I'm sure if I sprayed them and took care of them, you might be able to eat them. But... We see the blossoms, and we know what? The fruit is going to come later in the fall, late summer and fall. Why? Because of the blossoms on the tree. How does that tree know to grow apples? 
What kind of fruit are you? You see, fruit grows. The gifts are imparted. The service, these are all part of the Holy Spirit's coming into our lives. That each of us, God divides them severally as he wills for our lives. Well, I'm not that good, or I'm not, no. It's not working, it doesn't work that way. How good are you? You know, how did you, pa- how did you fare on the last test? <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with that. How available are you for God to use you for the common good of his body? He will give you divine gifts. He will help you in your service. He will impart as you grow in your knowledge of him. He will bear fruit. Your fruit will be born in your life. The fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and long... You see, these are things... And who is doing this work? It is the Spirit. Gifts, service, fruits, working. He empowers us to be able to deal with difficulties. To prepare our hearts for the good things to come. To use time wisely. To imagine the possibilities. To be enthusiastic. To comprehend what others can't understand. To help those around you. To move beyond the misfortunes of your life. The coming of the Holy Spirit is more than me being God-filled. It is me being (laughs) God-like. The Holy Spirit has come that we could be God-like in our actions and in our attitudes. Not condemning or destroying, but building and restoring. (laughs) To be more kind, optimistic, loving, encouraging to make each day a masterpiece to be more forgiving to be happier to have a happier home a happier life not based on happenings but based upon the joy of the spirit that abides within us regardless of the happenings to be more at peace with myself and with God The coming of the Holy Spirit is another one, another comforter. What would it be like to have Jesus walking with you? If I had Jesus with me every moment of every day, counseling me, I could be those things. Hello? Is that you, God? (laughs) It's always good to have a phone ring. That's all right. He always calls at the opportune times. God's callings, he never takes them back. What what God has placed in your life, he never withdraws. We may stop using it, but he never withdraws it from us. Why? Because his callings don't change. They progress, but he never gives up on what he has placed in your heart. The Holy Spirit has come 
not only that I might be filled, but I might be more like him. And that God is with me. Jesus, as if Jesus were walking with us 24 hours a day, so the Holy Spirit is there walking with us 24 hours a day. I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. Amen?